today I'm interviewing Wade Foster, the CEO of Zapier. Welcome to the Paul Miners Podcast, the show that will help you to optimize your time, income, and lifestyle fast. Get more done with actionable, easy-to-follow advice and learn how to live life on your terms. And now, introducing your host, Paul Miners. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Paul Miners Podcast 2, episode number 115 and I have another interview for you today and this is one, uh, this is an interview with Wade Foster, the CEO of Zapier. Now Zapier, if you haven't heard, is a tool, actually you may have heard me mention on the blog and the podcast before, is an automation tool and as a big productivity geek, I love finding ways of being more productive and automating the different parts of my process. I'm very much a company of one and I'm all about seeing how can I use technology to make my job, my life easier by automating different things. And Zapier is a tool I've been using for quite a few years now, and I really just cannot say enough good stuff about Zapier. It really just has saved my bacon so, so much. And so I was really pleased when actually the Zapier guys, they reached out to me and said, hey, we'd love to get Wade on the podcast. It was great to connect with Wade, learn more about his story, how Zapier came to be and how they operate today because they actually operate a completely remote company of over 200 workers distributed around the world. And so we talk about working remotely and of course we share some advice on how to get started with Zapier. So if you are, if you listen today and you're like, okay, I need to do more automation. I need to get started with Zapier. You're definitely going to enjoy this interview. Stick around to the end where we do give some getting started advice. And I would just uh, recommend you spend some time learning how to use this tool. I know it is one of these tools that it does take a little bit of time to learn, to figure out what is the best way to use it and just learn the different capabilities that it has. But when you figure it out, when you learn how to use this tool, oh my word, like it will just save you so, so much time. So I definitely encourage you to just invest in yourself here and learn how to use this tool. If you want to get access to the show notes uh, and the links for this episode, you can find them at paulminers.com slash 115. And without any further ado, please enjoy this interview with Wade Foster, the CEO of Zapier. Enjoy. Hey everyone and welcome back to the Pool Miners podcast and to a special interview today. As you guys know, I don't do a lot of interviews unless someone really interesting comes about and that is uh, my nice segue into being joined by Mr. Wade Foster, the CEO of Zapier. Wade, thank you for joining me today. Yeah, I'm happy to be here, Paul. Uh, so quick uh, background. So um, yeah, as I said, I don't do a lot of interviews, um, but uh, uh, Wade or his team got in touch and said, we've got Wade, he, he wants to be on the podcast. And as you guys have probably heard me talk about before, Zapier is one of my favorite productivity tools. I've mentioned it a lot on the blog and the podcast. So no, Wade, I just want to kick off by saying, like, thank you for making such an awesome uh, tool, because I feel like I cannot run the business that I run today um, with the systems that I have in place without a tool like Zapier. So just thank you for putting that out into the world. Awesome. I'm glad it's helping you so much. <laughs> so we've got a bunch of stuff we're going to talk about today. Um, I want to get into the Zapier story, working remotely. Actually, on that, wh where are you right now? I am in my uh, home in Sunnyvale, California. In California. Brilliant. Um, but you have a team all around the world. We do. We have 200 people spread across the world. That's incredible. That's incredible. Well, maybe if we can actually kick off, I actually don't, I don't think I know the Zapier story. So maybe could you tell us a little bit about how did Zapier come to be? Um, sure. where, did, where did the idea or the need come from? And, and maybe even start, because I've done such a useless job of, of, of leading into this, maybe even for those people that uh, don't know, what, what is Zapier as well? 
Yeah, Zapier uh, helps you be more productive at work by helping you connect all the common tools that you might use. So we have integrations with things like uh, G Suite, Slack, Trello, Airtable, MailChimp, QuickBooks, PayPal, Salesforce, you name it, we probably connect into it. And you can set up these, uh, what we call zaps, that help you automate kind of the, the flow of information and data between all these different tools. Um, so that's Zapier in a nutshell. How we started, we, uh, Brian and I were, uh, we had day jobs back in Columbia, Missouri, and we were doing some freelancing at night. Uh, we would get asked to build these one-off integrations from time to time. So we built a PayPal QuickBooks integration. I remember building a WordPress forms plugin that would hook into Salesforce. And through that, Brian kind of had this, uh, this this idea is like you know people really need help with integration between these tools um more folks were using uh cloud software uh and this kind of idea was we can make it easy for folks to connect these things where they don't have to know the apis where native integrations don't have to exist mm. uh, we can provide more of that functionality that folks are, are looking for and so that was kind of the initial idea behind Zapier. And we teamed up with Mike and the three of us started working nights and weekends as a, as a side project to kind of get Zapier off the ground. Wow. I mean, it sounds so simple when you, when you say it like that. So, so um, sorry, when was this? When did this all sort of happen? This would have been in the fall of 2011. Okay. So it's really, what are we now? 2019? Gosh. I, I was going to say, it does, it's not even long ago, but <laughs> I think time flies, mm-hmm. doesn't it? Um, I know. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I guess like, I feel like I'm the perfect customer for Zapier because, uh, as you as you said, like, you know, it's a great way for people to build these integrations without having to program anything. So like, I'm, I'm not a programmer. I can't write any code. Uh, but I, I use all these different tools and I know what I want to have happen. You know, when something happens here, do something over there. And mm. so it's great having a tool like Zapier that's kind of built the links for me. I can then just go in and say, okay, this is how I want it to be set up and how I want it to work. So um, that's what I always tell like the clients I'm working with is like, uh, you know, I can't do any custom integration for you, but I know how to use Zapier and that's probably going to let us do what you want to do. So it's, it's just like, yeah, great tool for that puts the power in the hands of people that don't have the skills that you would otherwise need to do this kind of thing. Yeah, totally. So let's talk a little bit about um, working remotely. So you've got the, over 200 people distributed around the world at the moment. Uh, was it always like that? Did you, did you pretty much like when you started the company, you were like, yeah, let's work remotely. Or did you used to have an office? How did it kind of evolve? You know, we kind of fell into it because Zapier started as a, as a side project. Side projects don't have offices. Um, we kind of got used to working from, you know, our apartments, from coffee shops, from libraries, from wherever kind of made the most sense for, you know, if we had an internet connection, um, we would go get work done. And then um, when we started hiring people, we had uh, we'd moved to the Bay Area for YC, um, which is an incubator that helps um, startups kind of get off the ground. We, we kind of raised a little bit of money and decided, okay, we need help on support. We were getting a lot of support tickets. Mm. We needed to hire someone there. And we didn't know anyone in the Bay Area. We had no networks. We never hired people before. It was a totally foreign skill to us at the time. And so the advice was, well, why don't you hire folks you've worked with before? Pe- colleagues that you already have a professional relationship with and uh, you feel like you could collaborate well with. Um, well, all those people were back in the Midwest. Yeah. And so um, the first person we hired was in Chicago. Then we hired another person in uh, Missouri. 
And so that kind of set us down this path of working remotely. And as we worked remotely, we found it was working for us. It, it wasn't causing us any problems. We didn't feel like we were going slower, or that collaboration was hard, or that communication was breaking down or anything like that. We mm. felt like we were being pretty successful at our, at our jobs. And um, so that kind of just set us down. Uh, we, we just kept doing remote work at that point in time. It was like, this is working. Um, let's see if this can just continue to scale. And at some point in time, it became part of our identity. You know, we're one of the biggest uh, remote companies in the world now. Um, and that is like pretty exciting. That's awesome. Um, I see a lot of similarities between you guys and Buffer. Yeah, Buffer, I think, was an early sort of advocate of this model as well. And uh, Joel and I, I would trade notes from time to time on, uh, you know, what was working when we were scaling remote companies. So let's talk about that. Um, what is working? So, uh, or actually, uh, the question I really wanted to ask was, what are the maybe unexpected benefits of working remotely? So I think when we talk about working remotely, people have probably heard things like, uh, maybe you can speak to this better, but working remotely, you get access to not just the pool of talent in your area, like you said, but you've got talent back mm -hmm. home or in other parts of the world that maybe you didn't even think of. So you're not limiting yourself to a geographic pool of, of, um, of talent. So that is maybe one of the, I don't know, more obvious benefits, but what were any unexpected benefits that you found yeah. now that you run this? Well, I think an team? extension of that is that, you know, you're recruiting folks from all over the world, but you know, the kind of the thing that comes next is one that's really important, which is that you're actually able to retain these people for much longer. Right. Uh, and that builds up this kind of organizational knowledge that you can't pay for that. You can't go, you know, I can't go hire someone with, you know, six years of experience working at Zapier. The only way I could have done that is six years ago to hired someone and then they stuck around long enough. And so we have you know, eight of the first 10 people that worked at Zapier still work here today. Wow. Uh, and the retention levels for folks uh, at Zapier is quite high. And so that helps us as we grow because we have this, like, just a lot more institutional knowledge in the company that gets kind of passed around. Um, and I think that's the thing that a lot of companies miss out on because they don't have that great retention. Um, you know, I think I saw a report saying in the Bay Area, like the average tenure for an engineer at some of these companies is maybe two years, mm. um, if that. And so it's hard to build like an organizational memory and identity when you're constantly turning over your staff. That's really interesting. And yeah, I think that it, it's um, I feel like there's a bit of a shift going on in the world as people slowly realize, like, I don't have to just get a job in my local city or town. I could work either for a remote company or I could work for myself. And it's amazing technology, obviously tools like Zapier, but um, we're using Zoom to speak right now. I do my consulting with people all around the world. I think people are slowly realizing there are so many more options now uh, when it comes to working remotely, whether it's working for myself or companies like Zapier. So it's, it's great to see this shift going on. I think it's really exciting. Yeah, exactly. I think it's going to be a way more common and accepted way of working um, just as the technology gets even better and better. This episode of the Paul Miners podcast is sponsored by Scythe. 
Now, one of the best things about running an online business is just how much data and information you have available. So even as a one-man shop, I use a whole range of tools like Google Analytics, MailChimp, Stripe, YouTube, Twitter, Pipedrive, Xero, the list goes on, and each one of these tools comes with their own set of metrics and reports. But even though I have all this information available, it's almost too much to make sense of. And this is where a platform like Scythe is really powerful. Scythe lets you create dashboards that connect all your online accounts together. So for example, you could have a social media dashboard displaying key metrics from Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. Or you could have a sales dashboard showing you metrics from maybe your sales CRM, your e-commerce platform, and your payment processor. And with Scythe's custom alerts and goals, you can set targets and be notified when any of these metrics go above or below a certain threshold. So for example, I have a goal set up to alert me when I hit 10,000 subscribers on YouTube. Scythe's dashboards can be shared with clients or managers, and it makes it a lot easier to quickly see how you're performing across every facet of your business. To get started today, head to Scythe.com. That's C-Y-F-E dot com. And thank you, Scythe, for sponsoring this episode of the Paul Miners podcast. So on the flip side of this question, what are maybe some of the unexpected challenges of running a remote team? I think running a remote team requires a, a level of discipline that not everyone is willing to commit to. Um, when you're in an office, you can kind of get away with more um, kind of serendipitous or more uh, casual communication. Um, you can catch a person in the hallway, you can tap on their shoulder, um, you can peek into a room and check on a thing. Like those kind of casual things are a way that information gets shared in organizations that work in offices pretty, pretty commonly. But in a remote setting, you don't have those things. And so you have to kind of rebuild your communication infrastructure um, in a way that makes sense for a remote team. And that requires discipline. So that means you have to document your decisions. You have to document your process. Uh, you have to make sure that folks understand what the mission is. They have to understand what, how their role ties into those things. And that just requires a lot of extra um, discipline and focus to make sure that that stuff is in place. If you don't do that, it's easy for folks to feel a little stranded or maybe on their own island or, or detached from what the rest of the company is doing. Yeah, that's really interesting. And I, I think, not to put words in your mouth, but another word maybe you could have used that I was thinking of is trust, right? And I think it comes down to like so many, so often in quote, you know, like a normal job, people get micromanaged because like you said, you can tap them on the shoulder, you can ask them what they're doing. If they don't reply to your email, you can walk over and you can disturb them. Um, and I And people, I feel in those settings feel micromanaged. They feel like there's no trust because you're always checking up on me. Whereas, like you said, with, with working remotely, you people need to be disciplined to like get up and like look after themselves and do the work that they need to be doing. And so I think when people are put in that position where they feel like, hey, the guys at the top, they, they are trusting me to get this done, they feel more respected and I think we'll do a better job at the end of the day. Yeah, I think that's super important. That trust, like you said, it goes both ways. It's, you know, hey, we trust that folks are, are doing good work. And then, um, you know, the folks that, that we hire trust that, you know, um, we're, we're, we're doing right by them um, more often than not. Uh, and I think that's a really important part of any company, but it certainly helps uh, in remote companies that on day one, we say, hey, we don't actually need to see you. We trust that you're just going to work. Mm. Okay. So 
segueing a little bit, I want to talk a little bit more about Zapier and getting started with it so that we can give people some really actionable advice today. Um, now, one of the challenges I've observed anyway, and actually I'd be interested to hear what are the what are the challenges you've observed from new customers signing up to Zapier, but something I've observed is um, starting with a tool like Zapier, it's one of those tools where I feel like until you know how to use it, you somewhat don't see the value in it because you're like, you need to have like a zap an automation set up doing something for you to then realize wow this is saving me so much time but riding that learning curve getting to that point where you can set something up um, takes a little bit more effort because you have to go and figure it out and, and learn how to use this tool so I feel like it's a little bit of this catch-22 situation where to get your customers um, succeeding with the tool they need to learn but uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, uh, maybe I'm not asking that correctly, but I feel like um, it's probably a slightly more challenging thing getting users signed up and using your software than it is with something other software products, for example. Yeah. I don't know. What, what is your What is your observation of that? Yeah, this is something we're constantly working on because you're right. You know, there's not. Um, you know, when you start a business, you might say, hey, what am I going to use for email? Or what am I going to use for video conferencing? Or what am I going to use for project management? You kind of have these things where you know these things need to exist. Zapier is kind of carving a new path. There's not been a, you know, when you start a new organization or a new company, or you start working for yourself, you don't say like, hey, what's my task automation tool? Or what's, yeah. you know, what is this thing that I'm going to use? So a lot of it, the, a lot of the things that we work on are how do we educate um, kind of the community about what it is that Zapier can provide? What problems can we solve for you? And why do they matter? Um, you know, and a part of that is helping them find those kind of first use cases. So we work a lot on, you know, hey, do we have recommendation systems? We work a lot on our content. Uh, we have a pretty active blog um, that talks a lot about the different ways that people use Zapier and the different ways you can get value from it. Um, and really just trying to help people kind of uh, find that first use case. Because typically once you get it, you're like, Oh, I understand how this works yeah, now. The penny drops. Yeah. You start to use it over and over and over again for different types of things. But we have to find that first thing that matters for you. So, do you do any examples come to mind? What do you find are some common use cases? Those first use cases that people try out. Any anything stand out to you? Yeah. You know, I think there's a lot of things around email, Slack, Calendar that folks use all the time. Mm. You know, inside of Zapier, one that a team uses all the time is. Uh, they'll update their Slack status based on their Google Calendar. Um, there's um, a lot of folks that are automatically saving things like attachments. They're getting an email into Dropbox or Google Drive or things like that. Um, there's a lot of folks sending notifications into Slack because they spend all day working in Slack. Yeah. Um, a lot of people do things like um, push their uh, any sort of to-dos into a tool like Todoist or Trello or Asana. So, you know, if an email has a task or a Slack message has a task or uh, a file has a task, uh, they'll trigger and add those into one of their task management tools to stay on top of them. Um, so a lot of things like that are the starting point for Zapier for, for many people. Yeah, it's interesting. I think you make such a good point. Like we have these categories of apps that we all think about normally, like email, calendars, task lists. These are the things we know we need. But Zapier mm -hmm. is something new. It's like you you almost don't know you need it until it's it's up and working for you, and then you realize its potential. Um, 
And so I find zaps as well when I've been setting them up either for myself or clients, they kind of fall into two categories. There's things like you can think about that you're doing now manually that you can automate. So something, an example might be somebody fills out a contact form on your website and that maybe Mm -hmm. goes into your email system or uh, like your email marketing tool like MailChimp or maybe it goes into your CRM like Pipedrive, for example. So that's something you're doing now. It's something manual that you have to do that maybe we can automate. And then I feel like the other type of zap is completely new things that you never would have thought of, like the Slack yeah. notification, for example. It's not something you do. Nobody puts a notification in Slack. I'm, I don't know, I'm generalizing here. Um, so there's all these new possibilities that you never would have thought of. And so I guess when I talk to people, those are the types of things that I'm talking, I, I sort of prompt people on is, you know, thinking about what are the things that you do now that are manual and repetitive? How can we automate that? And then when you learn the tool, think about, okay, now that you know how it works, now what can we do that you haven't even thought of yet? How can we take this to that next level? Yeah. Yeah. That, um, it reminds me, I was talking to one of our customers and, uh, someone who's in our expert program who, who said something very similar. They, they, they shared this phrase, automation is a mindset, not a tool or a skill. And I thought that was so interesting because you're totally right. It often starts as, okay, what can I, what do I do already that I can just make easier for myself? Then eventually your mindset sort of shifts and you say, what can I build? What, what are the things that I can do now that I have this um, what new way of thinking? And it's kind of like when a programmer learns to program for the first time, it's like, oh, now I can build, you know, my imagination is now my limit. So what should I build? Um, and it opens up just a whole new possibility of things that could provide value to you, to your business, to your organizations. Um, and so I think you're, you're spot on there with your kind of way of thinking here. Mm. So let's um let's let's talk about some examples. Um, do you let's talk about you personally first? <clears throat> do you have any or what are your favorite zaps that you have up and running at the moment that you're just like, oh man, yeah. every time this runs, it just makes me happy that this is happening in the background. Yeah, yeah, I have two that I use like pretty often that do very mundane things, honestly, but are so critical for how I work. One is uh, we have a two hundred person team. 100% remote. So Slack is our communication hub. And there are so many messages flying in Slack now on a just hour by hour basis that it's tough to keep up. Uh, for example, like on a call like this, I'm going to finish our call and go look at Slack and see many different things that I've got to follow up on. And so one of the ways I keep track on conversations I need to follow up on is I'll star those Slack messages and have them send me an email. And then I manage my kind of Slack communications through email, ironically. Uh, So that one is super critical for me. Uh, The second one is we run, or I run an executive meeting every week. We have our weekly staff meeting. And uh, I have a Zap set up that triggers weekly, that creates a Google Doc. Uh, It fills out the Google Doc with some templated questions that we answer every single week. Uh, It makes sure it gets added to a shared Google Drive folder that all our executive staff has access to. And then it sends a notification in Slack to all the executives that says, hey, the doc for this week is ready for you. Cool. Uh, Go ahead and fill out your sections. Um, And so that's a thing that, you know, in the past, someone was just like creating that doc and doing all this little little work that's kind of just this, it's like this tidy, tidiness that you need inside of an org that a person was doing. But now this Zapier just does all that for us. Uh, And so those are two that are, like I said, they're, they're very mundane. They're very routine. But they're so important for how we run our business. 
Yeah, and that second one, it, it, I think it's a great example of how Zapier, it's not just automating things and saving you time, it's actually making you more consistent and following a better process. So like, because you've got this uh, this, this executive meeting set up, um, you want people to contribute, it actually means that now you, you're not forgetting to do that. We can actually make the meeting more productive. And, and so an example of, of one of the apps that I have that I'll give is like, so I manage my clients in Pipedrive, that's my CRM, and then when a deal is won, so I've, they've said, yep, I'm gonna work with you, I mark the deal as won. Uh, actually, what usually triggers this is they'll pay, and Stripe will see that payment. Zapier will then see that uh, see the, the Stripe payment, it'll go into my Pipedrive account, it'll find the deal that it's referencing, mark it as one automatically so that I don't have to do it. It'll then create a bunch of tasks in Asana for me for all the things I need to do to onboard a client. And so that's what I mean by it helps you follow a good process. Now I've got this checklist rather than having to remember, you know, what do I need to do to onboard a client or even having a template that I need to go and duplicate. Zapier just spits out this list of, list of tasks for me so I follow a consistent checklist every single time I onboard a new client. And so that's where I think Zapier, it's, it's not just saving me time, it's actually making me a better, uh, deliver a better service because now I follow a very good process every single time. Yeah, you build that organizational habit that, you know, is the one that you want and it kind of helps you stay stay on track. Absolutely. So, and do you have any other examples or success stories from customers and, and of yours that you've seen? Anything that really stood out as like, wow, they are using Zapier in a way I never would have thought or anything really impressive that you've seen that comes to mind? You know, we have, I think, the breadth of Zapier is one that surprises me at times. Um, you know, I think sometimes the perception of Zapier is that it is this technical tool, but we see folks from all different domains using it. So, for example, we have a realtor at, at Keller Williams that uses uh, Zapier to funnel all their leads that they get out of Facebook lead ads into their CRM, into their email marketing tool, and that helps them him get more face-to-face -face time with his clients to, to, to try and sell more homes. Um, we're also working with a law firm uh, out of Chicago that uses it to create new proposal and service requests based on these forms that their, their clients are, are filling out uh, automatically. And so it helps them, uh, you know, deliver more value to their customer. It reduces their billable hours and it makes their customers happy. Uh, and so I think there's like this magical breadth that Zapier can apply to all sorts of industries that um, folks maybe don't traditionally think of as, you know, technically forward uh, industries. And so for me, that's the really exciting part about what Zapier's potential is, is that it can help you no matter what kind of line of work you're in. Yeah, I, that, that, that's really interesting. Um, so anyone listening to this, to this podcast that's listening going, okay, sounds really good. I'm not doing any automation, but I definitely should be. Let's sign up to Zapier. So somebody brand new to Zapier, what would be the first couple of steps that you would recommend they take? Should they just start connecting their accounts and going in and having a play? Would you recommend they check out the blog first? What would be your tips for anyone brand new getting started with this? Yeah, I'd say connect a couple of the apps that you use, the things that you use most commonly. So whether that's your email, your calendar, whether it's something like Slack or Trello. Uh, and then based on that, Zapier will start sending you recommendations. And uh, if the recommendations aren't spot on, you can go check out the blog, read through some of those things and try and get a think through uh, to try and find some inspiration. And then, of course, do what you suggested, Paul, which is think about the things that I do every day that are um, this, the routine stuff, the manual stuff that I wish I didn't have to do. 
and uh, step back and kind of provide that systems thinking uh, to figure out, okay, where can I, where can I be more consistent at applying this? Where can I go faster because it's automated? Um, so those are the places I would certainly start um, with, with Zapier. And, and something I found useful as well is just when you log in, if you click on apps at the top, you can search for apps, not just the ones that you've connected, but other apps that you're not even using yet, maybe. And if you click on one, so right now I've just clicked on Twitter. If you scroll down on that page, there's a section which I really love, and it shows you triggers, actions, and searches. And so it so, shows you on the trigger side, you know, these are things that we can use to execute an automation so for twitter i'm looking at when you get a new follower or you um tweet in a list or any tweet um so those are things that can initiate a a, a zap and then on the action side so these would these would happen later um either by triggered by a, a, a twitter trigger or a a trigger from another app you could do things like create a tweet create an image tweet add a user to a list so i often find just browsing through the triggers and actions it gets you thinking about okay ah oh, that's if if some if that happens i can make something else happen um or these are the things i can do in twitter if i if something else happens over there so just looking at those um triggers and actions i found to be really helpful as well exactly yeah that's great mm. this episode of the pool miners podcast is sponsored by linkedin marketing solutions now, since starting my consulting business, one of the biggest challenges I've faced is attracting high-quality customers. Now, if you want to target your ideal customer, where they're engaging every single day, and where they're ready to make a decision, then LinkedIn can help you. LinkedIn's network of over 575 million members has the marketing tools to help you target your customers with precision, down to the job title, company name, and industry. This means you can target your message at the perfect customer while they're in a professional mindset. A challenge I've always faced is getting introduced to decision makers, and with LinkedIn, four out of five users are considered to be the decision maker at their company. To redeem a free $100 LinkedIn ad credit and to launch your first campaign, go to linkedin.com slash PMP. That's linkedin.com slash PMP for your free $100 ad credit. Terms and conditions apply. Thank you, LinkedIn, for sponsoring this episode of the Paul Miners podcast. And then I think another thing that you can do that I've observed when you have sort of mastered the basics is Zapier does have some... Um, I guess, I don't know what you would call them, like pre-built apps, I guess, that you can use to trigger workflows. So one is the schedule. So you could have mm -hmm. a Zap run on a, uh, a frequent basis, like once a week. Or the other one is the email parser that I've used. So you could forward an email to the Zapier parser. It can read the email and do something with it. Um, you can even use webhooks. So if you do have some development experience, like I can set up a webhook in Pipedrive and I can use that to trigger Zaps um, slightly differently. So there are these other little triggers and things that Zapier has built in that you can use once you get a bit more comfortable as well. So definitely check those out. Yeah, those are a great thing. Many of our users start using those. We call those the Zapier built-in apps. We kind of think of them a little like Excel macros. It's kind of these extra little, you know, superpowers that you can apply to your Zaps to make them even better. Yeah, and actually, I don't know if we're getting too into the weeds here, but it is something I use a lot, is those those pre-built um, apps that you talked about. The one that is really powerful is the formatter. So you can mm -hmm. do things like with text that you've maybe brought in somehow via email or a Google Sheet, wherever it's come in. Sometimes you need to reformat that. Maybe it's a date you need to reformat or it's text you need to extract a name or an email address or something. That formatter, I go to so much to just like uh, reformat the information so that I can use it in another app that needs it in a slightly different way. So I find that really useful as well. Mm -hmm, totally.
Well, Wade, um, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. It's uh, it's it's a pleasure to meet you. Like I said, I I really don't have enough good things I could just talk about Zapier for ages. Whenever I see someone using it, I just love geeking out and swapping zaps and seeing how other people are using it. So once again, just thank you for making this tool and thank you for joining me today. Yeah, it's my pleasure, Paul. Thanks for having me.